0: What's going on everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Up in Flames. I have a very very special guest. Got another familiar face. He was on my last episode. He's been on, you know, he was with me from the jump essentially. He never accepted the co-host role, which is cool. He gets on when he can. I get it. He doesn't want to do this full-time, but that's all good. But then I I've changed the game. I talk basketball. I talk football. But now, instead of American football, we go going to talk the international route. You know, I got a professional soccer player coming in the building. She blessed us with a little bit of free time that she does have while being in season. But before we bring her in, we'll be back to you with the Up in Flames intro. Warning.
1: You are now listening to Up in Flames.
2: We up in flames, yeah. We up in flames, yeah. yeah, yeah uh. Let
1: me hear yeah. Lambo
2: We up in flames, we up in flames, we up in flames, yeah, we up in flames, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 we up in flames, yeah. Yeah, uh we up in flames, hold on, uh, Check this go. We up in flames, yeah, uh, we up in uh, yeah, yeah, we up in flames, yeah. Woo-hoo. We up in, uh, yeah, we up in flames, we up in flames.
0: All right. Once again, welcome back, everybody. Another edition of Up In Flames. I have a very special guest, but before I introduce her and give her to the floor, I got my guy Hefe with me. She knows him as Jesse, probably. You know, she knows the softer side of this guy, but we'll we'll get into. Hefe, what's going on, bro? What's up, bro? Glad to be
2: back. This is a much-anticipated episode we got for y'all today.
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, so Hefe's on with me because he got me this wonderful guest and we, you know, without without further ado, we're gonna introduce her, Destiny Duran. Did I get it right? Yeah, you did. <laughs> All right, silent so, so, for not having an accent, but you know, she goes by Dez, so that's what we will be referring to her in this show. So, Des, I'm gonna give you the floor. You know, uh, introduce yourself, tell us what you do, and, and kind of just give us a rundown of who you are.
1: Um. First team was America. I played there for six months and I have almost about three years here.
0: Yeah, well, I, I appreciate you for coming on, Hefe. Make sure you keep your mic muted while she talked because she was coming in and out all because of you. So that is your fault. But, um, so Destiny, I kind of want to get into. Just kind of your career. Like, when you first started – when did you first start playing soccer?
1: Um, I started playing since I was four and a half.
0: Four and a half. That's a long yeah, time. I, I playing basketball when I was five, so I kind of feel – I feel you on playing at a young age. I've
1: actually been playing – I just turned 26, so I've been playing for a minute now.
0: Dang, so you, you've you been in the game for 22 years. Um, So as you were growing up, like – you know, we play AAU. We we, we play year-round. So I'm sure you played soccer year-round. When did you start separating yourself from kind of everybody else your age? Because people who go pro typically are superior to most of the other people they are around. So when did you start separating yourself from kind of everybody else you grew up with?
1: Um, it kind of started once. My dad wasn't my coach anymore because um, my dad was my coach. He's the one who, who started me on soccer. He was my coach since four and a half, all the way to like 15 or 16 years old. And um, we went from AYSO to club. And then from club, I was kind of like, kind of, I was kind of like one of like the better ones on my team and my dad, we had talked about it for me to go to a better club. And I was, I fought him so hard on this cause I was like, no, I still want you to be my coach. I still want to be my coach. And he, he kind of wanted the best for me. So I ended up going different a different team, a different coach. And then, um, that team was a little bit more like travel, like our, we would go to like different States. Like the first time I ever got on a plane was with that team. And we went to, um, to New York to go play against just like teams out there for like a week, we went to New York, New Jersey. And then from there, it kind of started going up.
0: So you separated from your dad, like, as far as him being your coach, was that heartbreaking for him a little bit like, you know, daddy's girl, like you're growing up. I don't really want to be coached by you now, dad. Like it's time for me to kind of move on to the next phase of my career. How was that conversation essentially when when you know, you finally like stuck to it and was like this is what I want. I'm 15, 16 years old now. It's time for me to kind of get my own wings and fly and see where my career could take me myself.
1: It was kind of like like the opposite. It was more of me being the heartbroken one and him kind of like pushing me away (laughs) like pushing me to to be better to be on a different team a better team and um it was for me it was hard but i knew that regardless my dad was still gonna be there every game um he was gonna support me no matter what i still saw him as my coach even to this day i still see him as my coach we talk um after every game and yeah
0: (laughs) so okay so we talk about injuries You tore your ACL in high school. So anybody who played high school sports knows, like, one injury could kind of end your career and have you never playing again after high school. So I guess before we get into what the end result was, was you bouncing back and going to college. When you initially tore your ACL, like, those first two to three days, because I tore my ACL in high school, too, and so I remember what it was like for me, and it was kind of like, it's over. Like, I thought everything was over. So, those first two to three days pre-surgery, kind of, you know, uh, when the injury was fresh, what was going through your mind?
1: Um, I just remember, like, thinking, how am I going to get through this? Because I never really had, like, well, I never really had, like, a big injury like that. Um, like, prior to that, like, my biggest injury was I had broke my nose, but that, like, doesn't really stop you from a lot but tearing my acl i have only ever heard at that time i only ever heard of people tearing their acl but i was always like what is like what is your acl like what is that you know like i had no idea until um, it happened to me and i was like oh my gosh i was like i was like is insane like what am i gonna do how am i gonna get back like what's the time for me to get back to playing like i have never been been out for so long so i was kind of like stressing and i was worried. I was pretty worried too for, for how I'm going to come back. Cause I do know people who um, had torn their ACL like at that age and they either stopped playing or they didn't come back the same person, like the same player. So I was, that was definitely very stressful for me.
0: Yeah. And that was kind of the same thought process I went to. And like with playing basketball, I mean, I played football too, but I really didn't care about football as far as like, going to the next level. Like I want to play college ball, then go to the pros. Like that's, that's all our dream as kids, especially when we take athletes or when we take sports serious, like that's the ultimate goal, uh, until kind of sometimes life hits you, but obviously it went well for you. So during the rehab process, cause we rehab a lot better younger, but during the rehab process, was there ever a point where you felt like I'm not going to get better? Like as no, even though I'm getting better in the process, was there ever a point that you hit where you're like, I don't think it's going to get any better than this, and either I'm going to have to figure out a how to be great at eighty percent of what my hundred percent self was like, or b like this really might be it.
1: Um, for my first ACL, I would say that it per- it went like smooth sailing for me. Like I was. Like, obviously, like, the first, like, when it first happens, you're like, oh, my God, like, you're stressed out, like, you're freaked out. But once I got to walking, that gave me, like, just complete confidence. I have no idea why, but I was like, okay, I can walk without crutches, you know, like, like, I'm chilling. And then the whole process of my rehab, I would say it went really well. Um, like I never really had any doubts. I was more like motivated to come back. I was like, it's my first one, I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna make sure like come back stronger, you know, do everything I possibly can to be at my best. But I would say the second that I tore, I definitely had so many doubts and I was scared. And it was like mentally, I think that one was the one that kind of like messed me up a little bit, like during the process, but, um, Afterwards, it definitely made me a lot stronger mentally, physically, and just everything in general.
0: Right. So before I give it to Jefe for him to ask something, we'll keep it on the high school level. So you tore your ACL, you bounce back. So the next the next wave of things that are supposed to happen is you go to college. When was the first when did it seem realistic in high school that you were going to go to college? Like when was your first offer? about how many offers did you get and kind of just take me through like the recruiting process, like all the way up to you, picking the school, like what led to you picking, you know, the college you went to and just kind of the whole recruiting process that typically happens around your junior, senior year.
1: Um, well, the ACL definitely had a big part of it because I started getting offers, um, like before my junior year, kind of like people are already looking at me kind of like sophomore year, junior year, um, but I had torn my ACL um, the summer going into junior year at a college showcase. And so that kind of, the colleges that I had taught, was talking to, they kind of like went back a little bit. They Now I wouldn't say they weren't interested in me anymore, but they kind of had their doubts because they do know that, let's say like if, cause normally you're supposed to sign or like verbally commit like your junior year, mm-hmm. um, I committed. I committed very late because of my ACL and the whole process. Um, But before ACL or everything like that, I had um, offers to like Oregon, um, like teams in, and basically I would just say basically in the states, like around all the states, like all the way to like Virginia, um, New York, like I said, Oregon, like just basically. And they were really like big D1 schools too. for me, I personally um, was a little bit like scared because I didn't want to commit somewhere far because I knew I'd get homesick. So that's kind of like where I would personally say I messed up a little bit. Um, but once I got into my rehab and everything, then the schools started going like started kind of like going away, going away. There was only like a limit of schools because I was I was actually talking to some. Um, to some like college coaches like on the phone and they would so, like one of them actually told me he's like well i don't know because um you tore your acl we don't know how you're gonna come back we don't want to commit to somebody that we don't know yet you know like and that that's where i was like oh my god like i'm kind of screwed you know and um i eventually ended up signing um with cal state university North, northridge um it's called csun he was actually one of the um, the directors in the club that I was playing for mm-hmm. in the Valley. And he had always believed in me. He had wanted me since before, like, once, like when they were able to like give offers and stuff. But I was like, no, I don't know. I kind of want to go a little bit further, not too close to home. Um, and then eventually we talked, and he still he still told me, like, I believe in you. I believe in, in us helping you and everything. And um, my senior year, I, I committed with, with CSUN.
0: Man, that, that, that's really dope. I mean, and I know, like, I guess you, did you probably think, uh, you know, before I pass that, did you think it was a step down going to CSUN? When, like you said, you had big D1 offers like Oregon and all the way, you know, across the country to Virginia. So did you look at it as like, it's a step down and you don't know where this will take you from here?
1: Um, A little bit, but to me, it. W- I would say like that wasn't like like something that really went through my head, like pretty big. But because only for me, it was a big, um, like a big step for me just to get into a Division One school. And that was kind of like, that was my goal. And I ended up going to CSUN Division One. So I was like, okay, like check off the list.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's definitely dope. I mean, for you to be able to even bounce back, you know, from an ACL is major and go to college. And obviously, we'll get into where that took you from there. So before we move on, Hefe, I know, you know, her story. So like do you even do you have a question for her, you know, at this point in her life? Is this something that you want to ask her?
2: <clears throat> yeah. Uh so when you got to see Sun, um, did you was it more so like did you uh were you were you starting right away? Was it you know how was the process of that? Was it kind of like you know, the typical freshman you gotta earn earn your licks and and you know and work your way up into the into the lineup or, or was it that your skill set automatically <clears throat> you know just propelled you to the to the starting lineup right away? Or did you kind of have to sit a little bit? Or Like, what was your journey in, you know, in college as far as, like, your career, like, playing time?
1: Um, I definitely would say I struggled a lot, a lot, a lot in college with bumping heads with my coach, with just trainings. Like, the first week I was there, I had – I think it was, like, the first two two days of practice. I had already got kicked out of practice. (laughs) And, yeah, it was insane. And it was only because we were doing a running test and I didn't like, I personally didn't know the running test. Like, so I like, it was, it was called like a 10 minute run. So it was like a hundred yards. You have to get to um, the, I think it was, I think it was a hundred yards. So you have to get to the end, like the hundred yard line um, within 15 seconds. And then the rest of like seconds back, you had to jog back. But every time, so it was my first time doing it. So I would like take off and then I would jog back. But then after like the fifth one, I was already gassed out. And so I would kind of start like walking back a little bit. And then they were just like, my coach would just scream like, why are you walking? Like, you don't want to be here. You don't want it. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, bro, like I'm gassed. You know, like, I don't know. I like, I didn't know. Like I wasn't supposed to just not take off. I was supposed to pace myself. And I didn't even finish the 10. No, get out of here. You don't want to be here. You're walking.
0: So, so when you, okay, so the coach comes off, like when you get recruited, right, the coach tells you how much they love you, how much they want you here, what you mean to their program, and you deal with that the first couple days. So when you got kicked out of practice, like, obviously, I'm sure you talked to the coach later that day or that night, he probably called you when you went back to your dorm room. But in that point, like in probably the next hour getting kicked out, did you think like... I guess the only way to ask, did you think at that point he was kind of full of shit? Like, you told me this, you came in my house and told me this, I signed here to you, and you're going to treat me like this off the rip? Like, I didn't know what was going on. Like, did did you start to think that it was all a bluff and you weren't going to be treated any type of way how they told you when you committed?
1: Unfortunately, yes. (laughs) And it actually, it was like that the whole week, like the whole, like the whole, I felt like his vibe, like, like... I don't know, just that vibe, you know, like, just get out of here, like he, like, he didn't want me there, and I actually called my mom that week, like, later on in the week, and I was super hot, I was hot. I was like, I'm transferring, I was like, we need to figure out how to do this, but I'm transferring, I'm leaving, I'm getting out of here, and my mom was like, you have to, like, and my mom and my dad, they were like, well, you have to, like, write it out, write it out, but then I was just so, like, pushing, pushing to transfer that they're like, okay, like, how do we do it, how do we do it? And then once I started figuring out how we could do it, and it was like the longest process ever. I was like, okay, maybe I could just write it out. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah
0: but- at that time was a lot harder than it is now. Like there wasn't no transfer portal, right? When you were in college, there what you had to sit out a year and do all that when you had to transfer in college at that time, right?
1: That was the only unfortunate part. But I, I ended up saying for the four years, um, still, it was the same thing. We bumped heads, bumped heads. Um, like, for well, for the question that you asked me, um, it definitely – as good as a player I was, um, skill-wise, everything, like speed, um, it wasn't like an automatic, oh, you're going to start. They – honestly, I would say, like, they – Push me even more like they were like on top of me more like getting in my head more like screaming at me everything 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 and I was like I don't know for me it was it was kind of like I want to say like it kind of helped me a little bit to be a little bit mentally stronger because the senior is screaming at you like all this stuff I like got you know and but after practices or even like I was actually got close to some of the seniors and she would just tell me like look we see your potential we see like how good you are and you can play like you can help us like don't take it personal that we're screaming at you were trying to help you and stuff like that. And so um and so yeah, that kind of was like the process and then I and I eventually was playing and um until like he I would get in trouble again or something. And it was, honestly it was like the bumpiest road of my entire career, I would say.
0: So were you getting in trouble because you were a little cocky? Like is that like I'm not saying you don't come off that way, but when we're younger, when we're 18, 19, a full ride scholarship athlete, like, and then you don't throw it in people's face or anything, but like you're in CSUN when you could have been at Oregon. Like sometimes you end up having that thought or carry yourself that way. And you don't even necessarily know it. Was there ever a point of like cockiness where like, I know I should have been a lot at a bigger, you know, college than this. And here I am getting treated like crap all the way down here. Like kind of get that cocky feel about yourself. Is that why y'all were bumping heads?
1: Um no, it wasn't I wouldn't say I was really cocky um in college or even throughout my career. I wouldn't say like I've been pretty cocky. Like I've been tried. My dad has always taught me to be as humble as possible, regardless of my level of play and everything. Um we would bump heads more um because I would say that my coach wanted me to be a certain player that I wasn't and I didn't let myself be a different player. Um, that well, I didn't let myself be the player that he wanted me to be because I know the way that I play is different and it works for me and it works pretty well. So that's kind of part of the reason why like we would bump heads. Um, other reasons why I would get in trouble too was for grades. <laughs> Cause I've always, always like throughout, even in high school in high school and college, I was always just like, full my head on soccer full everything soccer 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 and my grades were like second but obviously it should be you know like grades because you're going there for school and then soccer but for me it was just soccer because since i was little and just playing soccer i always wanted to go pro so i was like i was like i just soccer is just like my love you know like i want to do everything everything for it and yeah that's kind of part of the reason why too
0: <laughs> and, and i feel that because like they and and you always get the you're a student athlete, student comes first, but you're like, and especially with you, you know, you're going to college and then you get in college. And so before we get to your second ACL, cause it kind of brings to the point. So when you were in college, when did you know pro was realistic? Like not the moment you knew that you like, I'm going pro, but when was it like, okay, this seems like I'll be playing at the next level after college.
1: Um, honestly, because My coach and I bumped heads so much, and he actually, like, I would say he kind of played with my playing time. For the player I was, I should have been starting playing the full game, but because we bumped heads so much, I wouldn't start. I wouldn't play some games. He wouldn't travel me, stuff like that. Like, it got so bad that, you know how, like, the seniors take the, like, senior portraits and pictures for soccer? Mm -hmm. He didn't put me on the list to take them, so I don't even have senior portraits, pictures, nothing.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It almost seemed like you were setting up in college. Like it's like, because the way you're talking about, he treated you is like, man, I feel like for four years, I'd have been thinking like, even in my senior year, like, bro, you came into my home and told me, like you told my parents, this is what you're going to do for me. This is what the program, like you sold me. Like, and that's what they're supposed to do. They are recruiting you to come there. They're not going to tell you their coaching methods. They're not going to tell you their system. Like they're going to tell you all the good stuff. They don't tell you the bad. And then, did you go on a visit before you went?
1: Um, no, because I was traveling with um my travel team for club. So I you missed the- got that
0: opportunity to talk to the other players so they could lie to you and tell you, oh yeah, he's great. Because you know, before you go try before you go visit a school, they brief them. Hey, when you talk to them, like make sure you sell them to come here. Like, we want this player. So then you talk to the players. Probably a good thing, because with as much as you were getting into it with the coach, you probably would have looked at some of your teammates like. Y'all sat here and told me that it, everything was going to be closer. the ones who were sophomores to take you under your wing, take you out and kind of sell you on the area, sell you on the campus. You probably would have looked at them like y'all sold me on straight BS and here I am for four years having to battle it out. But shout out to you for getting through it. So we talked about kind of you going pro, you playing with your playing time. So before we get to your pro career and before we let Hefe ask another question, you tore your ACL a second time. You're in college. Obviously, you say you tore it once. You got through it. Kind of, it was it was smooth sailing from there. You're able to go to college. But now, like, was it on the same knee?
1: No, my first one was on my. I think it was my honestly. I don't remember. I think it was my right, my right knee. I think so. Yeah, my first one was on my right knee. I'm like looking at my scars. (laughs) My first one was on my no. My first ACL was on my left knee. Um, and then my second ACL is on my right
0: knee. So when you, you go down, you went down in a game or practice or off season drills. So you yeah, go down in a game, which is always tough. Like getting hurt in a game. First off, you think of the media aspect is like, I want to finish this game. Like, I don't even, you're not even thinking about six months, nine months from now. You thinking like, man, I don't even get to finish playing this game. So when you tore it, when you tore your other knee, did you think that was there a point in time where you're like. Okay, we're gonna revisit this whole mental block once again. Like now my career has to be over. Like I got two torn ACLs. I'm trying to go pro. I'm, you know, he already playing with my playing time, kind of we're clashing heads. No way they're gonna let me bounce back and kind of be me coming back off of a second knee injury. So what what was going through your head during that time?
1: Um, to be completely, completely honest, um the right okay so right when i tore it in the game i was on the floor crying 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 and the first thing i thought to myself was i'm like i don't want to play anymore i'm done like i don't want to and my coach came out they came out like the doctors came out obviously they're checking my knee I was so crying like i couldn't move everything and my coach came out because he was actually at the college showcase and at my game for um in high school so he saw my first acl and he was there for my second ACL as well, because at that time he was actually my coach. Um, so he went out to the fields and he was like, cause I'm pretty sure he already knew, cause I screamed, cried the same exact way as the first one. And he came out and the first thing I told him was, I like, I don't want to play. I'm like, after this, like, I don't want to play anymore. And he was like, the, he told me to, he's like, okay, that's fine, that's fine. Like, we're going to support you. Like, um, he's like, let's get through this, let's get through this first. And then we'll talk about it later. And, yeah, that day, like, that day, the next, like, the next two days after that three days, I was, like, no, like, like, mentally, I cannot handle this again. Like, mentally, I cannot do it again. Uh, even though the first one was, like, like smooth sailing, just how mentally stronger I had to be for the first one. Um, for the second one, I was, like, there's, like, it's impossible. Like, how am I going to do this, you know? And... Um, yeah. So then that happened. And then once I had the surgery, I was kind of a little bit calmer, you know, my nerves calmed a little bit. Like I was a little bit more like, like relaxed. Like I was able to think, you know, instead of in the moment, like, you know, I'm done. Um, I was like, okay, maybe I want to try this, you know, like maybe I want to keep going. And, um, yeah. So then I was doing the rehab process and I don't know how many times I went, cause the rehab was in my, was at my school. Um, at CSUN so I would go like every morning before practice after practice like to ice you know just basically live in the training room and um, I don't know how like I think I want to say at least three times I showed up to rehab just crying and saying I can't like I can't do it today mentally like I can't and um, they my trainers were super super supportive they they were just that day they were like, hey, we're not gonna do anything today like just talk to me how do you feel like we're gonna help you get through this and then the next day, you know, I'll come in, you know, like I'm ready to go, you know?
0: Yeah, you but need at least three... energy.
1: Exactly. But at least three times I would show up just literally walking into the room, I was already like crying like I can't, you know. Um and my first ACL, I took the the complete twelve months um for rehab so I can come back like literally perfect as possible as strong as possible because of my first one, you know, I didn't want another one until like, like four years later, I had another one, but my second ACL, I had so many problems, so many problems. Like I had to get a cortisone shot. Um, I would, I got sick for at least like a month, like almost a month and a half of literally me feeling like I was dying, but I want to say it was, it fell from me being a little bit like depressed, um, for my injury not being able to play and not being able to do stuff is normal and then um I just had a whole bunch of issues so my second ACL took me at least like a year and like three or four months to get back
0: man that's big so before before we have half you know ask a question we gotta do it you, you you've you've been a great guest up to this point and you made it through two ACL injuries and went pro so <laughs> We got to give you a round of applause. We got to give you a round of applause. Because that's big time. People don't bounce back from two both torn ACLs if you play soccer, especially when, like, soccer's really all in your legs. You're kicking the ball. You're running up and down. You got to cut. You got to have footwork. So for you to really be able to bounce back, like, I don't know if you've patted yourself on the back, but, but you definitely deserve, like, when your career is all said and done, to sit back and think about that. Like, that's almost like a testimony, a story, like, you could inspire that 12 year old girl coming up, you know, and obviously you still being young. Like if you, I don't know if you talk to to younger girls, I'm, I'm sure you have like your cousins and stuff, but like, that's something that could be like, Hey, just don't quit. And everybody tells you that, but when you got a professional athlete sitting there telling you relatable and it's like, you know, uh, I came back tore both my knees. I went and played pro soccer. Uh, I had a great career, you know, you you definitely deserve your flowers. So, Jefe, before we kind of talk about her pro career and close it out and, you know, ask the question of all questions of her moment of witnessing history that wasn't hers, you got any questions
2: for her? Yeah, um, so there had to have been a point. So you tore your, your, your ACL the second time. So there had to have been a point, like halfway or towards the end of the rehab for the second one, where you were probably feeling like, were you were you close to feeling 100 percent like towards the end or like and you were mentally like saying, hey, like I actually I'm coming back from this. And, and, and you know, it's actually achievable. Or were you still kind of you still kind of like, man, like, I don't know if my knees going to hold up again. And is it going to you know, am I going to am I going to tear another ACL or were you going through the first one and then seeing that you were at the finish line towards the second one? Did you kind of feel a little bit more? I'm not going to say invincible, but, you know, like more reassuring that, you know, you were going to make it.
1: Um, yeah, I definitely would say I did, especially from the whole, like that whole year and like three, four months that I stayed out towards the end, when I started seeing that everything kind of started like going a little bit more smooth. Um, I literally physically and like just physically how I saw myself and how I felt, I felt so strong. I was like, no, like I'm about to run through everybody. Um, I felt definitely a lot more confidence, um, in playing. And just that, like you so said, like there was, there was again, there was an opportunity for me to to keep playing, to keep playing the game that I love, to make it further than than college.
0: Yeah, so that's definitely like it's just crazy because like people don't people don't bounce back from one injury, let alone two. It's mm-hmm. both knees, and now we're, we'll get into you're playing pro. So when you when you first went pro. Uh, have you been playing for the same club the whole time?
1: No, I. The luca is actually my um, my second club. The when I first got here to um, in the league, the pro league um, for Mexico, my first tryout or well, my first and only tryout that I had was for America, mm-hmm. and a week tryout, and then um, the coach told me to go back, so I ended up going back. I want to say maybe like. I don't even know how honestly, I don't remember how long, maybe like a month later or like three weeks later for another week. And then after that week, um, he told me, he was like, I want you on the team. He's like, let's make this happen. And once that week ended, um, he was like, he basically told me, he's like, I want you on the team. He's like, let's make this happen. He's like, the girls get these, I didn't want to say like, it was like three or four days, um, a vacation for Christmas. And he told me, he's like, you go back for those four days. He's like, but once you come back, he's like, bring all your stuff because you're staying here. And so then, yeah, so then I ended up going back to America. I signed and then I played there. I think I only played um, six games. I think it was like six. Yeah, I think it was six games, um, six or eight games. And um, because I ended up canceling the league um, because of COVID and everything.
2: Mm-hmm. So then
1: I ended up home going back home, we were all doing, like, you know, like, our off-season, like, training and stuff like that, and then towards, after, like, the tournament was kind of, like, coming to an end, my, um, they were having, like, the calls and stuff for, for the team, for not, and so, unfortunately, I ended up getting a call that, um, they didn't, like, they didn't want me to go back, um, when the tournament started again so that's when I was kind of stressing out because I was like okay, hey, like I don't there's my first team I have no contacts you know like who am I supposed to go to like everything you know and so then after that I had a I didn't have an agent at that time so when I was doing my contract for America it was just me talking doing whatever I had to do for my contract and then the second one too I had to do my second contract on my own talk to whoever I could find out who I could talk to and everything and then I ended up getting in touch with um with somebody from Cholos, and I was looking into going to Cholos, and then I got in contact with someone with Toluca, um, and Cholos didn't end up working out, and Toluca did, and um, I ended up talking with them, like verbally committing with them, and um, I think later on, they ended up sending, because I was still back back in the States, so I ended up sending me my contracts, like, you know, get it going right away, and I signed it back home, and then I had my team, and yeah so i've been here ready for like almost three years
2: hey Daz, real real quick so just to kind of backtrack the your if i remember correctly your first um the first um your first team america you were actually it wasn't like if i remember correctly you when you went you were going with a friend right and they were actually you were just going there with her just to kind of try out kind of just like on a whiff they were actually looking at her and then it ended up being that they passed on her and it ended up keeping you there, right?
1: Yeah. So I, after college, um, because I had no contacts, nothing after college, like on making it pro, like honestly was like, do, how am I going to do this? Like, this seems impossible. And I started, um, um, what is it? I was playing on a, on a semi-pro team for FC Golden State. And in that team, I had gotten close to some of the girls. And then one of the girls was actually owner for, like, a Sunday league. But just like, pure girls. So we'd go to tournaments, whatever. And in one tournament, I ended up meeting this girl. And um, I had no idea who she was. But for me, she was such a baller. She literally was, like, the fastest girl I have ever seen in my entire life. And I was like, dude, like, she's so good. So then I ended up talking to her. Like, ended up being, like, you know, like, good friends with her. And then... Um, I ended up telling her, you know, like, I want to go pro, like, this is not, like, I, and without knowing anything that she was gonna go pro or anything, or she had a tryout. And then she told me like, oh, like, I have a tryout. Um, I have a tryout in like, it was like four months or something like that at that time. And like, I'm like four or five months away. And she's like, I'm supposed to have a tryout for America. She's like, maybe I can I can get you going with them too, or whatever. And I was like, yeah, like, that would be sick. So then she ended up having a trainer who is now like my best friend. <laughs> um, she, she was from Long Beach, and I was more, like, Santa Clarita, like, LA area, and she ended up taking me with her to her 5 a.m. workouts, she's, like, let's get, she's, like, let's get training and everything, you know, so then she took me to the 5 a.m. workouts, I started, I, I think it was, like, the first or second day that I went um, with her and the trainer, Eric, who we call him E, um, that day, he was, like, all right, like, like, let me know, like, what, like, what's your plan, you know, like, what's your, what's your goal, everything, and I just told him, I laid it out all on the table for him, and he's, like, all right, like, let's get to work, so we would have 5 a.m. workouts, like, every day, I actually ended up moving in with her, because for me to drive, like, an hour, an hour, and 15 minutes every single day to go train, that five in the morning was, like, gonna be impossible, so I ended up moving in with her, um, for, I think, like, the, like, two or three months and um so I can train I basically just left my family you know like I would see them on the weekends or maybe sometimes like every other weekend um just to train 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 we would do 5 a.m.s. we'd have just basically double days almost every single day and um once it got to the time to where we had to go to um to try out we ended up going together we went there for the week And then the same thing again, we went back um, and then he basically kind of like passed on her because um, of just some some stuff between them. And then he ended up taking me. And honestly, I felt bad because I was like, damn, you know, like I came here with her. She helped me out and I'm the one who's signing, you know. But I mean, at the end of the day, still like she was supportive of me signing regardless or not, because she knew we both had the same goal. And yeah, that's kind of that's kind of how it all played out.
0: So this is gonna come off as messed up. Des does not support <laughs> this anything that I'm b- about to say. But basically, like the club was like, "Oh yeah, we want to see her." You were a plus one, and then when they picked you and not her, it was more like a. <laughs> like <laughs> so, I, I don't want her, <laughs> I don't want her to take it as a diss. You know, like you're not promoting that. So if she is listening. I apologize. That's just me being goofy. She did. She had no idea that was coming. It. it, it she's not promoting that part of it. So I, I just had to get that out there because as soon as you know, as soon as Hefe asked that question, that was the first thing that went in my mind. I was like, "Oh, like they hit her with the <laughs> okie doke." So I, I do kind of feel bad for doing that. So I want to talk about one more thing before we talk about what well, we'll go into the basketball aspect. So I want to talk about the a day in the life of Dez on game day. What? When you wake up, what's the f- obviously brush your teeth. Like we're not gonna get into like yeah y- your hygiene, brush your teeth. But like you know, what's your game day meal? Really, just on your game day, what's your game day meal? Uh, get, what's on your game day playlist and kind of what's your pregame routine?
1: Um, this I'll go with this past um, this past game, um, and it kind of it's usually the same. So I wake up in the morning. Um, You know, just chill, relax a little bit. I'll eat my breakfast. I don't really like eating too much before a game because I had ate too much one time and I just felt like the heaviest person ever. So I kind of try to, to eat a little light. Um, so in the morning, I'll either make like ham and eggs with like some peppers with some toast or I'll just go straight. Um, I don't even know how to say it in English avena how do you say it oatmeal oatmeal,
0: oatmeal, oatmeal.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been speaking, I've been forgetting a whole bunch of stuff in english so i'm like oh my god he says um yeah so i'll eat um oatmeal and then after that i'll kind of like relax a little bit i since i've um had a lot of inter inju- injuries i've invested a lot a lot in um and like rehab stuff, you know, just like taking care of my body. So I have um the NormaTech boots, and I have like the the hyper the hyperVolt gun. Mm-hmm. So so I usually will do a little bit of both. I'll do at least like twenty five minutes of the boots, and then because it's only my legs, and then with the gun, I'll kind of like go around like my glutes and like my my hamstrings and stuff like that. And then I'll do a little bit of stretching before and after, and then around once I'm done with that, it kind of takes like it takes a minute. So then I'll start. I'll eat like um, lunch depending on what time the game is. I have to eat at least three to four hours before before my game. So let's say our game is at five. Um, this past this past um, game, I think my I had my lunch at like one one thirty, and. Um, Yeah, I'll usually eat, like, this past game, I had tuna. I had a little bit of tuna with some bread, um, something light. And then they give us, like, a coffee break in the stadium. So I'll have, like, a little another piece of bread, you know, get my carbs in a little bit. With, um, like, I think it's, like, honey on top. And then just, like, a couple, like, pineapples and stuff like that. But for me, my secret before the game is coffee. Like, I have to drink coffee right before every game because it gets me, like, it gets me going and flowing. I feel like... Like I just run for days, and um, yeah. So then I'll have my, I'll have my my lunch, and after that I'll get my stuff ready, and I sh- I have to shower before every single game too. So I shower, and um, I'm known for for my braids, like the double braids, because my hair is super long. So I shower and then I do my braids because there's no way I can do my braids when my hair is dry. It's like they come out like all crazy. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, so I did that, and then I'll get ready. You know, kind of like my game day music from literally once I wake up. Like the first thing I always do is just press play, um, or even go to my playlist. And my playlist is like I don't even know. I think it's I have a, a flock of
2: of bad bunny. <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> a certain playlist. It's a whole bunch of like um, the baby like drake um nipsey you know a little bit 50 cent and yeah just all those like just you game go, day straight like.
0: you go through like five different moods on game day like you go from like okay you know, I, 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 I'm going to be motivated to play this game from listening to Nip. Then, like, you're going to listen to Drake. And, like, I mean, depending on what Drake you listen to, like, you might be in your feelings a little bit. Let me calm my nerves. Let me let me think about texting my ex before the game or something. And then, and then you go to 50 Cent. So you take, like, the old school get ready. You kind of go to some murder music, essentially. Like, because for me, before a game, it would be just anything that got me up, you know, uh, all day. And then, like, an hour before the game, I used to get nervous. Like, and I had no reason to be nervous. Like, I was starting. Like, I was, like, my spot was cured. I knew I was going to play good. Like, it, I, didn't, I had no reason to be nervous. But, like, I would listen to, like, like no, it would just be melodies. Like, I would listen to melodies. And people would be like, bro, that's weird. And I'm like, it calms I, me down. I like-, like, I spend all day, like, just. Like in school, I got my headphones in, like, you know, even walking around campus, like I got my headphones in. I spent all day getting myself hype. And then it's like, I need to calm down, like my nerves. Like I look out, I see the crowd. I'm like, oh my God, what if I play bad in front of all these people? Like I start thinking negative. So like I play like melodies, like I play like smooth jazz or something. And people will be, they will really be surprised because they're like, you'll never listen to smooth jazz any other time. And I'm like, yeah, but it just, it calms my nerves. It's just something about it. It just puts me in a different zone. But you go from like, I want to be motivated to I want to be in my feelings a little bit. Let me get the old school murder music in here. Like, let me get the gap real quick when you play with 50 Cent. So, you know, uh, but, that, but that is kind of dope. So, Hefe, I'll let you ask the last question. You know where I'm going with this. I do talk basketball. I do talk football on this show. She has a basketball story. She was a part. She was there for a historical moment. So, Hefe, I'll let you, you know, kind of cover before we close out
2: yeah dad so uh I mean, me and you both know what what you know the, the question is coming um just kind of uh, you know tell us first first tell us what what it is like where you know what event is it that we're talking about and then just you know just just the the motions of, of of being there and 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 how it started and and then how you know, the midway point and at the end, you know, um you know how how you felt that day and then also the impact of this person. That has had in your life that I, I'm that I know has had an impact in your life, um, and in a lot of people's lives around the world, um, you know, kind of touch on that. But uh, go ahead and let us know what what uh, what event you were at that you know that was so historic.
1: Um, I was at Kobe's um 81 point game. I think we were actually it was me, my mom, my dad, and my sister. Um, honestly, I don't remember how old it was. Maybe like. Do you remember how old it was? I don't even remember.
2: It was, uh, I think that I think that game happened in two thousand seven. No, no, uh, two thousand five. So you you had to have been like a, a, a teenager for sure. Cause me and her are the same age. We were like fifteen. Yeah, you. I was gonna say like fourteen, fifteen.
1: No, I think I was younger. I want to say maybe like ten, eleven. No. Something like that. I don't know. It was. It was. Like, oh yeah, It would have like been. Crazy. Yeah,
0: we would have been about ten or eleven. Cause yeah, in like oh five, oh six. Yeah, we were like ten or eleven. Cause we're the same age. So yeah, I remember. Cause I was real young. But that's crazy.
1: Um, my memory is honestly like horrible. But I do remember, like literally, like I can picture right now, like how we were, like, where we were. I think we were like, I want to say, like behind the is either behind, I don't remember, behind or across from the Lakers bench. Um, We were, I want to say maybe like, like 12, like 12th row, you know, pretty close. Um, And it was just, I just remember us going crazy every single time, other playing, everyone no, like, yeah, like, go, go, you know, like more and more and more. And we were like, dude, like happening right now. Like he just won't stop, you know? And my dad, you know, super crazy, like Kobe fan, you know, like just went crazy, crazy, crazy. And. Um, I just remember just at the whole, the whole stadium would not like, was not quiet for one second at all, at all. Um, crazy, like ecstatic, you know, just insane. And I remember once the game ended, just a whole bunch of the confetti, you know, fell down. I remember just looking up and I remember actually catching, cause at that time there was obviously it was a confetti, you know, like purple and gold. And mm-hmm. then they... I don't know like what it was but they weren't like streamers like you know like the long like um i don't know how to call them
2: like it's like it, they're like it was like, like 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 shiny ribbon right like the big old long like like real skinny ribbon type things
1: yeah yeah that and they had lakers on it like it was like lakers 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 i remember just looking up just grabbing a whole bunch of them because i was like i don't remember this moment remember this day and i'm pretty sure i still have them somewhere in my parents house but i remember grabbing a gold one and i was like no like this is you know like like this is gonna remind me of this day forever forever and i just remember just being so like oh my god like like we're at like a historic game like he literally just made history you know and kobe has always um has always been something not something like somebody big for for my like my dad for our family you know just lakers in general like i've been a lakers fan since literally i was born because of my dad um, my dad has actually got me into just being into lakers lakers he actually got me into kobe since i was little and um for me now thinking about it it's like actually crazy because of how much of a person like he was not just to like his family everybody you know like basketball in general but how much he helped me and i never would have thought like he would have helped me in the way he did um ever like for the both acls like i actually have i don't know if you could tell
0: yeah you got the the, that's the, the mamba
1: yeah and the wings and the and the halo um for that reason specifically because he helped me from get back. Like just watching watching his um his motivational videos, just his speeches, every just everything he said was just for me, was just so motivational and so like, you know, like it it got me, you know? And um he helped me a lot, literally, I would say like if it wasn't for him, I would not have the mentality that I have right now. I would not have gotten through my ACLs if it wasn't for for literally just hearing and listening to, to his videos, to his speeches, how he played, just all the injuries he had to, and he still kept going, kept going, kept going. Um, yeah, he definitely played a big, a very, very, very big part in um, my career, and in my injuries. Me still like even today this morning, I was actually watching videos, <laughs> videos of him, on um, just like. That's why.
2: Uh, so you you weren't so your jersey number now is number twenty four, right?
1: Yeah, my number, my number now is is twenty four. In America, I wanted number twenty four, but um, they didn't have it, so I ended up going for for Shaq, and I got number thirty four. And um, for this for this tournament, before I came to America, not really America, before I came to Toluca, the first thing I told him I was like, I want number twenty four, like that's my number, like can we make it happen? And since then, just my number's been twenty four, every every game too like even during the game too like uh let's say like i mess up i do something i don't know jesse i don't know if you've seen me um do it but i kiss my wrist i kiss my wrist for where the kobe um for the kobe tattoo is and every time i kiss it i'm like okay it's like a restart you know like he's with me like he's he's helping me you know like mentally for me it's just like all right like a restart like let's go like start start new what's next and yeah, even literally like every day, just everything in general is just he's played a very, very big part in
0: in me. And that's dope to hear because it's like, obviously, you know, once he passed, it was like, I, I don't want to say I don't want to sound like A. But like some people were like, oh, yeah, you know, he inspired the mama mentality and this and that. But like you see it like in your play, then you hear about it. You know, your, your dad loved L.A. everything, your Lakers, everything you wear 24 because of Kobe. You know, like that was like a huge inspiration just on your career. And then here, like it goes back, it dates back to high school for you. Like when I tore my ACL, like it was Kobe in a sense, like you don't know him personally, but the things that he does, his motivational speeches, when he gets around and he kind of spoke, it spoke to you. And so you felt like you can always refer back to that. So obviously, like I know, you know, when he passed, it was a little tough. I know it was tough for Hefe. I remember talking to him and it was like, it was just one of those like, you're shaking because it's unbelievable. And I know, like, being from California is different. Like, I'm not really a Lakers fan. I root for the Lakers now because of LeBron James, but like, I wasn't from, like, he was godlike in, in LA. Like, he was like the untouchable. Like, if you talk about Kobe 20 years from now, you're probably going to tell him like you're talking about Tarzan. Like, kids are not really going to believe what Kobe was to a city that he wasn't from. Like, he wasn't from LA. He was from Philly, spent time overseas, and basically embodied Los Angeles and became like, a local legend, almost like he was born, raised and bred there to be a Laker. So I know that story is like, you know, I I know it gets to people, especially like y'all were there, y'all were in, you know, California, y'all were in LA. So it meant something to y'all growing up and you and me are the same age. So like we were born into the Kobe era, essentially, like I was born in 95. He comes into the league in 96. So like Kobe played for 20 years. He was all we knew. And then yeah, LeBron and stuff come in, but like Kobe was there basically since our day one of really being alive. So I, I could understand the impact. So that that's pretty dope to hear. So before we close out, I'm going to give you the floor, just like I did, you know, uh, when you came in. Um, just anything you want to shout out, any, you know, shout out for your next game. Tell us where we could tune into your games. Like where can everybody keep up with Dez and Toluca?
1: Um, I... Well, we have a schedule normally our games are on TUDENE. um if not if they're not on TUDENE, then they're you can watch them on youtube i think on facebook um yeah and i'll i'll send you guys my schedule so maybe you guys can put it up or something um but yeah just just i don't know just a shout out literally to to my family for always being there for me um supporting me for being so far jesse always Literally going into every single game, talking to me, you know, always, always helping me motivate me to be better. Um, to coach E, you know, if to, I definitely would not have been physically, physically, mentally ready to, to, uh, to be here. I actually just got a FaceTime with him this morning after yesterday's game. I was like devastated and not just my family, everybody just always been there for me, helping me, help me get, get through my tough days, my best days and just.
0: Just all love for everybody. Yeah, 100%. I mean, family is definitely everything. So I appreciate everybody for tuning in. If you watched it live, obviously this was pre-recorded for anybody that, you know, if you're watching now, you haven't caught the vibe. I appreciate everybody for listening, Uh, but make sure we follow Dez. Like that's what we're going to do from here on out is we're going to follow her journey Uh, throughout the rest of her professional career. And Dez, I appreciate you for giving me time. I know it It probably went a lot longer than probably any of us expected, but you know, you definitely gave right. some insight and, and you're the first female guest on Up in Flames and the first female athlete. So, you know, I got to basically kill two birds in one stone, only right in Women's That's History true. Month. And, and, you know, I think uh, years from now, you'll have history to tell. You'll you'll have a story to tell. Uh, and So I definitely think you'll have some impact on, on girls. You know, like I love for my daughter to grow up and hear like your type of story and like, hey, Remember what she told you, like when she, she got through it, like you can have that same type of mentality. So I definitely, I definitely appreciate you for giving us your time. Uh, Hefe, I appreciate you for reaching out to her as well. Uh, this show wouldn't have happened without you. Um, but on that note, you know, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening and up and,